Um, she's a senior lecturer here at UKZN uh, in the drama department. So uh, speaking to people is not something she's unfamiliar with. Um, but um, there is, and she's also uh, part of our core team, uh, our senior leadership team in our church. Ndukozo Madladla, Wonke Mbangi, Jenny Oberholzer, and myself, we're part of our core team. And I just want to tell you, I am so grateful that we can lead with people like Awonke and Ntokozo. They bring such wisdom, such insight. I mean, Ntokozo's understanding of people just astounds me. Um, you, know, you, you know that saying, how does one psychologist greet another? Well, it's usually like, good morning, you are fine. How am I? <laughs> okay. Ndukoza is kind of one of those people. She's not a psychologist, but she just has amazing perception and understanding with people. And we say we're passionate about him and people. Now, Ndukoza is passionate about God. But I've so often got such wisdom and insight from her when we're discussing sometimes some difficult things we need to deal with. Her understanding of people is amazing. So I want you to just really open your heart as Ntukozo brings the word this morning. Amen. Amen. Good morning, family. Ninjani. Siapila Nati. Yeah, that was very interesting, Pastor Jacques. Uh, I actually, at some point, uh, wondered to myself, should I study psychology? <laughs> I've actually had that thought once upon a time. And who knows, I'm still young. It might still happen. <laughs> Thank you from, the from our resident psychologist in the house. <laughs> yeah, so good morning, family. Um, as Pastor Jacques has already said, um, I, yes, work for this university up the road. And um, I, yeah, I'm just honored. Thank you for the opportunity to share the word uh, today. It's, it's a bit scary. It's okay to stand here and host on a Sunday. Hello, welcome to church. Bringing the word is something else. Um, and I, something that I don't take lightly. So I trust this morning that you and I will encounter God. Um, one of the things is Pastor Jenny said to me the one time, there was a lady who came to me and she was like the pastor who prayed for me. And Pastor Jenny was trying to figure out who is that pastor. And eventually she worked out this person was talking about me. And I was like, so disclaimer, I am not a pastor. <laughs> I, am, I really believe that I'm called into, um, into the marketplace. I'm called to be out there in the world. But I also believe that all of us are called into full-time ministry. All of us are called to serve in some capacity in the ministry. Um, yeah, so, so it's not about like theology, and I don't have a degree in theology or anything like that. Um, it's, 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 the, it's the heart of a sister speaking today. And that's what I felt God saying. Uguti, speak as a sister. Speak to your brothers and sisters. Nompak, or I don't know how I say that in English. But in Zulu, they often say, you know, when they're sending you off somewhere, but it's like, and it's not, it's like, but provisions. And it's not necessarily like physical provisions. It could be a word of wisdom that your father is giving you, or, you know, your parents are giving you. Go say this to, when you get there, tell them this. Um, and that's what I felt about, um, about today. So can we pray? Um, before we start. So, Father God, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we open our ears, we open our hearts to your word this morning. Lord, speak to us. We are listening, Lord. Speak to us. Father, let us hear not only with our minds, but with our hearts. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that your word will speak directly to people's hearts this morning, Lord. 
And Father God, that even as I minister, that I too will be ministered to, Father, because this is your word and your word is life. And we trust your word to be life to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The word that we are going to talk about today uh, is centered around a Zulu word, ungesabi. Uh, if you are Zulu, you probably heard that word a lot of times, ungesabi, which simply means do not fear. Do not fear. And it's a statement that God makes to us a lot of the times. Um, in the Bible, there are over 365 scriptures that talk about fear. That's literally, if you think about a year, <laughs> that's a scripture for every single day about fear, um, which is quite amazing. Uguti, God will speak so much into this topic and speak and have so much to say about it because he knows that it is something that we will experience uh, from time to time. So interestingly, this, um, um, because I, I didn't know, okay, what, what, what to talk about, what to focus on. Um, and just as I was praying about it and just seeking God about it, I came across a voice note uh, that I'd saved up from like two years ago. And it was a, a voice note that Pastor Jenny was doing faith notes. She was doing the tithing and offering message. And, and she was reading from that scripture. <laughs> um, you know, do not fear, uh, for the Lord your God is with you. You know, and talking about the provision of God in the context of finances. And just something in my spirit, as I listened to that vo voice note, just gripped my heart. And I just felt like, Oh, okay. It just really felt like this was a word that God wanted. This was a message or the, the statement that God would have me focus on um, today. So, what is fear? That we experience so much that is called fear. Um, so, I, I have, you know, yeah. I had my own perceptions of what fear is and, you know, just a way that I would have described it. And I don't know if it's the way that it's is described there, but I went on a little bit of a search, you know, to understand Uguti, this thing called fear, what is it? And one of the things that was striking is this distinction that it is both an emotional reaction and a chemical reaction. So something happens and we respond and our response is either based on the emotion that it evokes out of us or a chemical reaction all combined with the emotional reaction that's happening right now. So if you think of the de de dictionary definition, it talks about an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. Uh, fear is an emotion that occurs when there is a perceived threat. It is a basic survival mechanism that helps us recognize when we are in danger. So they often talk about, uh, you know, fight or flight, right? When you are faced with the snake in front of you, am I going to fight the snake or am I going to run away? <laughs> yes. Yes, run away, except if the snake is in your room, then you might have a real challenge. Yeah, disclaimer, I have killed a snake before in my life. Yes, <laughs> it was scary, but it, yeah, I'm sorry to the snake lovers out there. I have been rebuked for doing that, um, but it was one of those fight or flight <laughs> moments and uh, something had to give. Okay. Um, so in terms of the chemical reaction, I thought that picture was quite cool. Because don't you feel like that's when you are experiencing fear? Like it's like something, something happens, you know? Eyebrows raised and pulled together, raised upper eyelids, tense lower eyelids, jaw drop open, lips, lips stretched horizontally backwards. It sounds hectic. <laughs> it sounds really hectic. Um, but I love what Joyce Meyer uh, says uh, when she talks about fear. She says, it's the master spirit that the enemy uses to try to keep us from the good things 
that God has prepared for us. And I was like, wow, that is so true. Because there's something about fear that paralyzes. It makes you feel like you can't move forward. You can't take action. You can't... Um, you feel like you can't overcome. You feel incapacitated by fear. Um, so let's go to the next slide. I, I won't spend too much time, but it's just an extension of, um, of, of, of this dramatic experience of fear. Dry mouth, fast breathing, heart pounding, tense muscles, slow digestion, sweating of palms. Anybody ever experienced any of that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're about to write an exam, and then suddenly your palms are sweating. <laughs> you don't know why, but you know they are. It might, you know, and like, so I'm like thinking about all this between fear and uh, and anxiety and stress and doubt. You know, all of those things and how they connected together. Um, but. We're not going to go into too much detail about all of that, and later on I will explain to you why we are not going to go into too much detail about that. Um, so now with a little bit of understanding of what fear is, we can go to the next slide. Um, and I deliberately chose to not use a picture here in just reflecting on some of the things that uh, cause us to fear. Why do we fear? Or what is it that we fear, right? Sometimes it's something that happened in the past, right? We know something we've experienced in the past. We find ourselves in the moment. It triggers the memory of what happened. And so we think it's going to happen again, right? Could be rejection. It could be diseases. You know, some people are like, oh, all my family have had cancer since 1962. And so you walk around looking for, like, where is the cancer going to come from, right? And so you, you don't live in the moment because you have fear of something that happened in the past. Um, in the present, it's things like circumstances, right? When COVID came, <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> It was a lot of fun, right? For 20, how many? What, that first lockdown was what, 21 days? Yeah, 21 days was, it was great to just sit still and be at home with your family and but watch the news. Come, what's happening? Yo, yeah, it's a lot, right? And then it stayed. <laughs> 800 days, sure, Pastor Jacques. Yo, yo. <laughs> It feels like longer than 800 days. It feels much longer than 800 days, but it's good to know. Guys, it, that also is a perspective because it was only 800 days, but it feels like it was a very long time. To me, it feels like it was much longer than 800 days. But when you put it like that and you're like, it was 800 days. Oh, it was only 800 days. Well, at least that's how I'm reacting to it right now. It's a lot, but it's actually not a lot as well, right? Um, so health is something that we sometimes, you know, we worry about. Um, and I know some things we normalize, like I'm going to get flu. When winter comes, I know I'm going to get flu. It's just what happens, right? We accept, good, this is normal. We must get flu, right? But now there's that monkeypox situation. <laughs> and everyone is like, oh, what's going to happen now? We just finished COVID and now this thing as well. What is it? Where did it come from? How is it going to get here? Etc. Etc. And it's just like... You know, depending on who you are, you might be going, oh, monkeypox, another one. Or you might be going, okay, what must I do now? Combat. <laughs> you know, what kind of armor do I need to protect myself against this thing? And financial challenges, obviously. Um, you know, uh, if you're a parent, um, especially one who still has children in school, <laughs> you know, that whole situation of like school fees and school uniform and et cetera, et cetera, that comes with parenting. Um, you know, petrol is rising. It's fun. Um, <laughs> you know, all of those things, you know, just the financial changes 
and experiences that we, we go through in, in, in life. The future, and it could also be linked to all of these things. What's going to happen in the future? Um, I know that for parents, sometimes, what's, you know what will become of my children? Right? And sometimes you can parent from that place of fear because you are trying to prevent them from, you know, being exposed to certain things or experiencing certain things. And then we can project our fear to our own children because we are wanting to, you know, um, in an attempt to protect them from things. Right? But we can end up projecting that fear as well to, um, to our own children. Um, uh, things like snakes, fear of the dark, right? Fear of go fear of heights, etc., etc. We talk about that. We are scared. We we fear people. Yeah. Sometimes fear of standing in front to talk to people is a fear of people. What are people going to say? Yeah. What if they don't like me? Eh. <laughs> What if I, you know, I stand there and I freeze, clench, all of those things that they were saying there. And um, in Zulu, there's a famous expression which says, Hey, Abantubazotini. We are scared of Abantubazotini. What will people say, right? Huh? It's in all languages. <laughs> okay, I thought it was just in Zulu. So apparently it exists in every language. Abantu bazotini, right? Um, but sometimes that's a good thing to have that. So sometimes it's the distinction between conscience. It's like your conscience saying to you, that skirt is too short. Right? So in that case, I should be thinking Abantu bazotini, right? <laughs> because that skirt is just way too short to go in public, right? Or, you know, it's, 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 the, it's the fear, like I was saying in the negative sense of, I now want, I don't know, uh, as somebody who goes to meetings sometimes, you sit in a meeting, there's a discussion about something. You know you have an opinion. At Uzo Tula. <laughs> because Jenna, oh my goodness, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I, I don't, like whatever is going on in your mind at that time, but that thing of the fear of rejection, the fear of how people are going to respond, etc., etc., you end up not sharing your opinion. And I can't tell you, as somebody who God has been working with on with this situation for a couple of years now, and I was telling on a little bit of a testimony about how I was sitting in a meeting and I was like, God has delivered me from this thing. I spoke. I didn't, like I didn't, I put my hand up and, and the person was about to close the meeting. But I was like, mm -mm, there's an issue that's unresolved here. I put my hand up and I said something. And just when something was about to be shut down, he said, yes, you can. You know, it went from a this to a that just because I put my hand up at the right time. And I, it was just so amazing to realize, oh God, you have done it. Because there was a time when I realized that there's a fear of this thing. There's a fear of speaking in meetings and then going to God and saying, but why am I afraid, right? And why am I not speaking up in situations like this? So that can be a negative kind of fear where you are hindered from being the best that you can be in a situation because you are afraid of whatever that might be resulting from that uh, situation. Um, we fear change. Okay, I'm not going to go into details. The fear, the unknown, etc., etc. You know, you guys get, you can sort of, you know, you can find yourself in that list. Um, but what are we really afraid of? So, one of the things we hear about in Christian families is that fear is false evidence appearing real. You are not scared of the dark, you are scared of what's in it. But you don't actually know that it's there. You think that it's there, but you don't actually really know that it is there. So you are afraid of the dark. You are not afraid of heights, you are afraid of falling. Because if you fall, <laughs> from the 10th floor, then, you know, Pastor Paul used to say Bushman painting is going to happen. 
You are not afraid of people around you. You are just afraid of rejection. It's not the people that you are afraid of. It's how the people act towards you. So maybe they'll reject me, so it's better that I don't say anything. I'm new around here. I don't know if I greet them, will they greet me back? You are not afraid of love. You are just afraid of not being loved back. Because love is beautiful when you give it and you receive it. If you are giving it and you are not receiving it, aish, yeah, then it's not nice. But then what we say, ah, I'll never. <laughs> never again, I'm done. <laughs> okay, but what is it? It's because that feeling of isolation and not, you know, and giving and not receiving. You are not afraid to let go. You are just af afraid to accept that it's gone. So it's not that you can't let go. I can let go of the things that I've hold on, held on to, have known, have understood for a long time. But can I accept that they are gone? You know? Um, the serenity prayer, this always just makes me think of the serenity, uh, serenity uh, prayer. Lord, give me the wisdom to accept the things I cannot change. Um, give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The difference between the things that I must accept now, and it's not going to change. And the things that are, okay, it's like this, but there are still things that I can do about it so that the situation can be better. You are not afraid to try again. You are just afraid of getting hurt for the same reason. Okay, so all of these things just kind of help us to examine the crux of the fear. What is it really, right? What is it really that is hindering me in the things that I want? Um, or the things that I believe I should be pursuing? Or the, things that, the relationships that I think I should be pursuing? The relationships that I know that I need, but I won't reach out because I'm afraid of what's going to happen if I do. So, as we go to the next slide, the main thing that I felt... Uh, is the shift that God is taking us to, is do not give the enemy a seat at the table. You know, so I could, I realized that I could go deep with this fear thing. I could, there's so much more, right? I could dig, you know, the words in Greek, this one says this about fear, that one says that, like, oh my word, there were so many words, and I could have gone there. And then I just felt God saying, Wait, 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 wait. But this is what we do. We are in a situation, we are in a problem. What do we do? We meditate on it. We dwell on it. We give the problem a seat at the table. We say, how? Oh. We, we greet our friends. Hello, how are you doing? Oh, you know my back. This, that, and the other. And you know my child, she failed again at school. And you know, how am I? Right? We meditate on the situation and we allow now the enemy to help us marinate in the extent of the situation, which even if it started off not as fear, it then develops into fear. Now, this is interesting because you observe it with children as well. When we as parents sit and we speak to all the visitors about how then when the child goes back to school next semester they are now remembering that conversation that happened about them in school so now it's not only affecting me it's now affecting the child as well as they go back to school and they try to do their best but now there's an anxiety at home and the child is now carrying the anxiety of everyone else and then it also hinders them from how much they can um, succeed. So, what would you do if you were not afraid? What would it look like to live in a world where there was no fear? Where fear was something, <laughs> you know, something we go, oh, that, we know that thing, but it's not a part of us. Fear is a reaction, courage is a decision. I thought there was 
quite striking. Sir Winston Churchill said that. Fear is reacting to something. Things that have happened, right? And then courage is taking the decision. We make decisions because <laughs> the word of God says in the world you will always have trouble. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a given. It's always there. You don't know what troubles each day is going to bring. We know that trouble is going to happen. We don't ask for it. We don't pray for it. But trouble happens. It's just a reality of life. Right? But in that moment, we have an opportunity to take courage and make a decision about how we will react. We can't control what happens to us, but we can control how we react when things happen to us. So we are shifting and going, okay, if we want to make that a reality and we want to be empowered to make decisions, uh, then what must we do? Uh, as we go to the next slide. Um, so there's a series of things, and I have to say that it's a, it's, there's a list of things on what to do when you are facing fear, or when you are experiencing fear, or you are confronted with fear. Um, and the list is not exhaustive. As I said, there are 365 scriptures that talk about fear. So I'm just highlighting some of the things. Um, it's definitely not an exhaustive list. There's so much more that we, we could explore today. But I've just highlighted the things that I felt God highlighting to share today. So we, we are, we are fa familiar with Philippians 4 when it says, do not be anxious for anything, but in anything by prayer and petition, submit your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. But I found uh, this version that says, in nothing be anxious. And for me, it was stronger than do not be anxious about anything. In nothing. So, when should I be anxious? In nothing. Nothing is like nothing. <laughs> you know? Like, if you use the word anything, I can still sort of maybe imagine the anything. There's like a little bit anything somewhere there that I can... But in nothing, it takes it to zero. Then I have to... I'll be like, oh, okay. So nothing, nothing, nothing. This is what the word of God is saying. In nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. So for me, I took that as speak to God at all times. Because often what we do is we want to sit with our problem and we want to go, okay, I'm going to solve this. And we come up with a 10-point strategy. If I do this and I do this and I consult with the... And I'm looking, you know what I'm saying? And as I'm doing that, I'm going over the problem again and again. And, I get, and I'm not speaking to God about it. I'm speaking to me. <laughs> I'm speaking to logic. And I'm allowing logic to help me process this thing. Instead of in everything by prayer and petition. So who am I petitioning? It's God. It's not me. Yes, God might give me something to do along the way, but if I'm doing that with him, it's much better than me trying to do it all by myself. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving at all times. And it's really difficult to be thankful when you are fearful. The snake is right there in front of you. <laughs> no, seriously, guys, I can't believe how many snake stories I have. And this one just came to me right now. Um, a recent one at my house. And then I call people who know things. And Zina was one of the people I called. And Zina now is at my house. She has arrived, the snake situation. And then she says, Mtogozo, who's got the authority here? You? <laughs> I can see the thing. It's going. <laughs> exactly. That's my reaction. I'm like, ooh. And it, 
she's like, who's got the authority here? Tell that thing to go. It will go. <laughs> sure. Yes, I did. It, it did eventually go. But I wasn't going to get close to it. <laughs> and I didn't kill that one. It was a lucky snake. <laughs> you know, but to just, to just, to shift my thinking from, hey, there's a hoka here. How can I capture it? How can I, I'm thinking combat. That's where I'm at. And Zina is like, yield, release. Who has authority here between you and the snake? And funny enough, when the first time when I killed the snake, I also killed it from the same theology. I have authority to trample <laughs> over snakes and scorpions and to destroy the works of the evil one. So I'm going to destroy. Seriously, it was not going to get anywhere near my family because, la la la, you don't belong here. You know, so in nothing, be anxious, is what God is saying to us. And I'm saying, God, give us the courage, right? If fear is a reaction, courage is a decision, then we need to make the decision to be fearful in nothing. It's a decision we need to make, regardless of what the economy is doing regardless of how many jobs are being lost, regardless of how many people are sick in my family, right? Let's not meditate on the sickness, but rather think about giving it to God and letting him be God instead of us trying to take control. Um, let's go to the next slide. Fear the Lord. This is the other thing that I discovered, is that there are two sides to fear. There's a fear that is the one that we described at the beginning, which is the ah, fight or flight situation. And then there's a fear which is an awe. It's a reverence. It's a, it's a show, something bigger than me. I'm in the presence of someone that is bigger than me. I'm in the presence of someone who created the heavens and the earth. You know, the one who knows me, who knitted me together in my mother's womb. That person, that one is the one that I need to fear. And if, so in Proverbs 9 um, verses 10 to 11, it talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. So wisdom is what we get when we fear the Lord. When we make a decision to rather fear him rather than fear the things that are in the world. Proverbs 2, my son, if you accept my word and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out of insight and cry out aloud for understanding, and if you look for it, um, for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. That was very interesting. If you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, Instead of searching for how deep is the problem. How deep am I, you know? Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. And uprightness begins with ascending the hill of the Lord. It begins with us humbling ourselves before our mighty God so that he may be exalted. He is a shield for those who walk, whose walk is blameless. For he guards the cause of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones. So let's fear the Lord. 
And they even, guys, with each one of these points, there is so much more that can be said. But it's an attitude of the heart. How are we positioning ourselves in relation to God, in relation to our problems? Who is higher? Who is bigger? And who are we choosing to fear? And at the end of the day, then fear becomes a choice. Because we as Christians, we as children of God, have been given a different choice. That we can look to, um, you know, we can look to God um, as our solution, as our provider, etc., etc. But we're going to talk a lot about that just now. Next slide. So this one is slightly linked to the previous one in the sense that it talks about um, the word of God. So in the previous scripture, it says, store up my commands within you. And then in Joshua 1, it says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And then he says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We all want success. Right? That's, we all want success for ourselves, for our children, for our communities, for our nation. We want success. We want to see South Africa prosper. We want to see our families prosper. Right? And never begging for bread. We want all of that. Right? And... This word is saying, when we keep this book of the law always on our lips, right? Meditating on it day and night so that you can be careful to do everything written in it. So may God keep us in his word so that we can stand in his word, right? Ephesians 6 verse 10 talks about putting on the full armor of God. I'm thinking it's not, uh, uh, it's not on the slide, but I want to make a reference to it as a scripture that talk, talks about, you know, stand firm, right? Um, whew, my head just went blank now. The scripture. <laughs> uh, Ephesians 6 verse 10, yes. Um, it talks about putting on the full armor of God so that when the devil of trouble comes, you may be able to stand. Right? You put on the best spread of righteousness. Um, you know, uh, you put the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation. Uh, my mind is going blank, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. All of that armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the evil one. Then you stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. We need that belt of truth because it reminds us of who we are. It reminds us of who God is. It reminds us that we are not in charge, we are not in control, and that we need to relinquish control so that God can be the one that stands on our behalf. Amen. So, the next point related to that, um, so before we go to the next point is, I, I, I don't know about you, one of the values I find about having the word of God in your heart, in your mind, is that you can pull it off at any moment when you need it. You can be driving to a meeting and then an anxiety comes about whatever. And then you recognize the anxiety. 
you recognize what is happening and you can speak to that thing and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I, can, I, I recognize the intimidation. I recognize that it's coming to distract me so that I arrive at that meeting feeling a lot more nervous than I should be. Right? You worry about a meeting that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> you know? And then the meeting happens. If you arrive anxious, it's likely that you are not to give the best. Right? But I have found so many times when that thing comes. You know, the word of God talks about the enemy prowls around like a rolling lion looking for whom he may devour, right? He, he will take chances every single day. He will find a moment to poke, find a moment to say, oh, but when are you not good enough? You're not worthy of being in this room. You are not worthy. You don't have anything to say. And then in that moment, you can believe, you can choose to believe what the enemy is bringing, or you can choose to take courage and stand against. But speaking the word of God, I have found is the most powerful way of doing it. It's almost like something happens physically in my body. So in the same way that we were looking at what fear does to your body, like it goes like this, and sometimes I know I've had moments where I felt the tension on my shoulders. Then I'm like, oh, oh, where is that tension coming from? And I just take a moment to stop. What is it? What is, am I anxious about something? What is it that I'm anxious about? And as soon as I recognize that, I go, oh, this is what it is. So then stop in that moment and think, what does the word of God say about this situation that I'm in right now? And then speak the word of God to myself in that moment and I always find that as I do that it's like my shoulders go down I relax it's like the t whatever tension that I am feeling it begins to melt away because the word of God the, the, the word of God brings life it is life to our bones this is what the word of God says the word of God is life to our bones so when we speak it to ourselves it is able to then take us out of that place even physiologically it's not just it's not a thing in our head that it's like a it's 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 not theory it's real it's something that happens and God knows and we only just need to uh, yeah avail ourselves for that to happen so next Slide. Let God lead. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. So I, I wanted us to read the Lord's, um, this, this, this psalm, I think sometimes we take it for granted. Because we hear it so often. We are so familiar with it. In primary school, they teach you to recite it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And then it starts to become just all words. But actually, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And when he does that, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely, not maybe, perhaps, surely it is a guarantee that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And that I will dwell in the house of the Lord. And the enemy doesn't want us to remember these things. He doesn't. He wants us to go, oh, it's that. It's your gogo's psalm. You know, it's that psalm that gogo's like. No, 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 no. 
It's a sum for you and me to step into action and to realign with the fact that God is the leader and we follow. God is the one that is in charge and we yield to him. Next slide. You have been given five minutes warning. I'm like, how did we get there? <laughs> okay, so speak life. Finally, my brothers and sisters, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. But then I found it in the Message Bible, and I was like, no, that is so worth looking at. So it says, summing it all up, friends, I'd say, you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, right? When you are in a situation and it looks like you don't want to think about the best, you're thinking what's the worst that could happen. So it's saying think about the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse, Put into trouble, into trouble, <laughs> put into practice what you have learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God who makes everything work together will work with you into his most excellent harmonies. Woo! His most excellent harmonies. Because this is what fear is. Everything is out of harmony. Everything in disunity. And now you feel like you're being stretched from pillar to post. But as we do that, think about the best, not the worst. Then God is able to bring back the harmony that we need. So, family, let us speak life. No matter what... Um, the situations are that we might be finding ourselves uh, in. Understand who God is. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength and my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Um, and then I just thought to, there are so many ways we could have looked at who God is, but, you know, the, the names of God sort of, begins to highlight for us. I mean, he is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the bright morning star. And then uh, with the names here, Adonai, Lord, our master, the most high God, the everlasting God, the strong one who sees. When I feel unseen and it feels like the world is against me, he sees, he is with me. The Lord Almighty, who has all the power, even when COVID and monkey feels like they are overwhelming and taking over. He is the Almighty. He has power over that, right? The God of power and might, the Lord who provides. Even when I have nothing in my bank account, your, your, your tithing message, um, Gutle, was just really, thank you, so beautiful in just speaking to the provision of God. That image of when you said the fridge was empty, but my tummy was full. That is the God that we serve, who is able to do things like that. So we don't spend time being anxious about the fridge being empty or not. The Lord who sanctifies us. The Lord my banner. The Lord my shepherd. We just read about it. The Lord who heals. The Lord of hosts, who is ever present. The Lord of peace. The Lord who is there. The Lord our righteousness. Jehovah, the Lord who is a jealous God, he is jealous over us. I used to say he is jealous, for me. He is jealous of me. <laughs> yes, you know English, sometimes it catches us off guard. No, God is not jealous of me, he is jealous for me, right? When I stray, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> he's, he's not. He's not. He, you know, God is not in competition with us. He is all-powerful, almighty. And all, he carries all of that power with him. Um, but he does not want us to suffer. Contrary to uh, atheistic beliefs, right? 
that atheist believes God is sitting with a rod there. Why must I believe in a God who's waiting there to hit you with a stick? But no, that's a misunderstanding of who God is. Because all of us who have experienced God, we know that's not the nature of God. Um, so I'm going to have to cut off some of the slides as I look at the time. Um, but yes, understanding who God is, is really useful when you are going through a situation. That when you are saying, I'm going to yield to God, I know who I'm yielding to. You know, God has not given us a spirit of fear. But he has given us a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. In the same way that Joyce Meyer talks about fear as a spirit that hinders us from being everything and reaching the good things that God has prepared in store for us. The spirit of God is the spirit that brings life to us in the moments when we need um, it's also not just in moments of need. At all times, right? At all times, when we come into the presence of God, he is able, um, he responds. He's always listening. So no matter what you might be feeling today or that you are going through, is to know and be convicted. Oguti, you have a father who loves you. You have a father who cares for you. You have a father whose authority is for you, not against you. Let's remember the things that the Lord has done. Sometimes we forget. I was in trouble that other time and God brought me out of it. But let's remember one of the things we need to do when you are in times of trouble, to remember what the Lord has done. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. And forget not all his benefits, who forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies our desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.hispeoplepmb.co.za. And for more of our messages, visit our YouTube and SoundCloud channels, as well as other podcast platforms. If you would like to contact us, please email us at hispeoplepmb at gmail.com or send a message to 061-452-0877. To join us for in-person services, visit us at 154 Burkett Road, Scottsville, Peter Maritzburg. We hope to see you soon. God bless you.